Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. Jennifer and her sister chose MBK Senior Living for Mom, and as tough as it was, it was the right decision. MBK has a culture of genuine care, one that puts the needs of residents and their families first. They achieve this by building on a solid infrastructure of warm, inviting living spaces and impeccable amenities in attractive, desirable locations. Then their commitment to providing relationship-based care and their attention to each individual sets them apart. MBK gives back to their community, which is especially meaningful to our family. Their commitment every day is to practice compassion and to pay attention to residents' needs so that they can be nimble enough to adjust care accordingly. Their core motivation is, let our family help your family. And I can tell you that for our family, that goal is achieved. Mom seems happy, she has friends, and it's certainly a much better situation for her than living with us. At an MBK Senior Living Community, their motto is, we are all family and here is home. For more information, go to their website, mbkseniorliving.com, or give them a call at 949 949- Two four two one four zero zero. Aging is a hard journey, and our older loved ones benefit tremendously from any additional emotional and psychological support, even though they typically don't ask for it. Today, I talked to Beth Rosalini. She is the founder and creator of Senior Delight Boxes. They are a curated experience intended to engage, inspire, and delight our elderly family members. The goal at Senior Delight is to supplement your ability to connect with and love your favorite elders. Each month, these surprise gifts contain content that is optimized to engage the minds and inspire the spirits of those seniors who are being challenged with chronic disease, loneliness, decreased independence, or other age-related issues. Each box includes six to eight items intended to inspire, opportunities to learn, grow, socialize, connect, contribute, and express gratitude. They further personalize the gift by including family photos and notes as you wish. Best of all, Beth and I are having a giveaway. Listen to the end of our conversation. It's worth it because Beth has a wealth of knowledge and inspiration she shared with me. At the end of the episode, I'll tell you how to enter for a chance to win one of the Senior Delight boxes. Once you hear Beth talk about them, you'll definitely want one. Thank you for having me today. My name is Beth Rosalini. I am with Senior Delight. We are a subscription, monthly subscription gift box for uh, elders and seniors, uh, both in home, but then also in nursing homes and assisted living facilities, kind of surprising them each month with uh, an engaging activity, personal connection, something that just brightens their day uh, that's very thoughtful behind it. So uh, we just got started this year, kind of a personal mission and something I'm super passionate about. And we've slowly gotten some followership and some raving fans, which has been really, really fun and had the opportunity to connect with wonderful people like yourself, uh, who share kind of this common mission of relieving the burden of, uh, both the people who are experiencing, um, the dementia, Alzheimer's journey, but then the people around them, their caregivers, their family members, uh, it's it's a journey that's difficult and best done with support and love around everyone. So thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're totally welcome. That was that was a beautiful introduction. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I started this podcast because I was looking for answers and couldn't find them. And knowing that there's over 16 million family caregivers like myself in this country, plus more worldwide, I'm like, well. There must be other people who need similar information that I'm looking for, and that was how this podcast began. And I found you guys on Instagram, and I was really intrigued because it's so difficult to buy. It's hard to buy gifts for people, anybody who's older. And I think my husband and I kind of fall into that category, and we're in our early 50s. Because once you hit a certain age, you have everything, and you need to get rid of stuff. I can tell you getting rid of stuff out of my parents' home after my dad died was just, it was horrible. It was so much work and they weren't hoarders. And now it's like mom is in a care community and she doesn't have a lot of storage and anything that's not immediately familiar, 
she doesn't think it's hers, so she gets rid of it. It's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's in the I, later stages of Alzheimer's, so because I would love to to do these boxes for her, but you know, maybe it would be good for the her and all her friends. So. Yeah, and you know, you um, hit the nail on the head, and I apologize for the background noise. Um, I'm actually right near uh, a nursing facility that I frequent quite often. Um, I know some of the residents in there, so I'm um, just sitting outside. But uh, I... Um, it, it's such a good point that you brought up as far as the difficulty of buying gifts and kind of this progression of slothing our skin and not needing stuff once you reach a certain age and how do you give a gift that's thoughtful and engaging. Uh, and that was a major motivator of what we decided to put in the box. So anyone who's familiar with subscription boxes like the FabFitFun and uh, the Shave of the Month Club, we're not about, um, oh, this is the $200 retail value and you get it for $40. It's not like a bargain buy type box, but instead the purpose and the intention of the contents of our box is to activate, engage, inspire, and delight, uh, the recipient of the box. So we, provide personalized notes, uh, family photos. We have activities that deliberately require them to go reach out to a friend or a neighbor and go be social, go think about something different, go have a thought exercise and write this letter or do this activity that reminds you of X, Y, Z from your past that, uh, can be very nostalgic and, and positive for you. What's something new that you can learn? You're not, you're not too old to learn something new. Get out there and push yourself and help someone else out. So it's very intentional in engaging them in that way, uh, which we've found has been very positive for the recipients of the box because they've said, you know, I don't need another candle. I don't need another whatever scarf or I, I like that it's kind of a treat or a surprise every month of something new that I can enjoy and share and pay forward and all those kinds of things. So I appreciate you bringing that, that up for sure. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. And it actually, I'm going to talk to my sister cause I think your boxes might be better for our grandmother who is a okay. hundred, she'll be a hundred and a half three days from now. So September oh my gosh, 28th. I love it. And there's, that is awesome. It is fantastic. That's my, our paternal grandmother. Um, nothing wrong with her mind, mostly blind from glaucoma, okay. but you know, she doesn't need stuff either. She's got two homes and <sighs> after cleaning out my parents' house, I have a fear that we'll end up having to clean out hers when the time comes, which she mm-hmm. says she's, she's shooting for 105. So I got a, I got a little time left on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. She's, she's a kick, <laughs> but, um, for my for somebody in the later stages of Alzheimer's, um, my mom is not. She doesn't recognize a lot of family photos, and she's. I try to engage her in you know simplified activities, and ugh, it's a challenge. She, I think she knows that it's difficult for her. So instead of trying, she just says no, I'm not interested, or she just oh she rejects all those ideas. It's very frustrating, but she's extremely social. She's always visiting. Which that's huge. It is. really remarkable because oftentimes you don't see those happen um, if, uh, late onset or not late onset, but um, further progression, um, but then also maintaining that social nature. That is tremendous and uh, such a blessing. So kind of if you have to pick your battles, I'm grateful to hear that she at least is staying engaged and talking to other, talking to others. And I, I hear your point entirely. And as much as we're passionate about our boxes, our main passion is helping uh, people just like your mom or the people that she interacts with. And I agree that a box full of stuff that maybe she won't recognize or really won't engage with won't be great. Uh, I'm a huge fan of music and all the science that's been shown on the effect of music therapy for people like your mom in the state or the stage that she's in. Have you dabbled in that a whole bunch at all? A little so far, the only music that seems to resonate with her are Christmas carols. Oh, I 
love that. Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, I mean, that I'm not surprised because I think even someone with full cognitive ability can be totally transformed by Christmas carols. So I, I'm not surprised. That's really great. Have you done um, music from her generation or anything like that? I have. Um, she graduated from high school in 1960. So okay. I try, I've tried some late 50s, you know, like mid 50s to early 60s because she and my dad married in 62 and that didn't seem to penetrate. So I tried music that I knew my dad listened to at home in the early 70s and that didn't seem to penetrate either. And I know in her memory community, they listen to, they listen to a lot of big band stuff and I'm like, I don't think these people are that old. No. <laughs> I'm like, I got it. Let me think. But my, so my grandmother was born in 1918. So big band would be a little bit more her um, era. So some of them are close because one of my mom's neighbors is 92. So, you know, okay. maybe, maybe a little far back for them. Not terribly. But, you know, like I said, my mom graduated from high school in 1960. She was born in 43. So big band music is not her thing. Yeah, that's probably not missing the mark a little bit. Yeah. Um, right now they're renovating. So okay. hopefully when we release this episode, they'll be done because... I'm tired of the parking lot being full of dumpsters and, and pods for the work and the dining room that my mom and her friends eat in and socialize in has been, they put in new floor and a new little kitchenette. It'll be great, but there's no tables or chairs. So a little hard to sit around and socialize right now. Yeah. That can be very difficult for sure. Yeah. Uh, when are they, is that expected to be they're supposed done to be, soon? Yeah. They're supposed to be done in October. I don't know what part of October. They're getting close, but it's gotcha. it's like, you know, I'm sure you've painted or changed out flooring or done something to your residence, and it's just a massive upheaval, and that's challenging enough for those of us without cognitive issues. People for with sure. severe cognitive issues, I, I'm surprised they haven't had more problems. The I, I think they've kind of... They, I think the way they rolled out a lot of the changes kind of eased them into it. And my mom probably doesn't remember when they weren't renovating because they've been doing it for two months now. It's like, bleh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that can be super disruptive. And I, um, while you were talking, I was trying to think, and I, my mind is... Um, I'm not remembering, but there's a really great documentary on Netflix that talks about music therapy and I would highly, highly recommend it. Even though your experience has kind of been hit or miss or just at the Christmas carols, anyone, any of your listeners who haven't seen the documentary, highly recommend it. Uh, maybe I can find it after, uh, we're done chatting and you can include it on your site or on social media, but it's, it's awesome. It's and not the one that's still Alice, is it? Uh, no, no, that no, one's no. Not it's on. a, yeah, it's a documentary where there's a, uh, shoot, I think he's a physician, uh, or he's an occupational therapist and he was frustrated because he anecdotally saw with his patients, the efficacy that music would have on his residents and his patients. And for whatever reason, or not for whatever reason, that's a whole nother discussion, insurance would not reimburse to get little $30 iPod shuffles to have each of the patients have their own music for therapy. And so he raised some money and bought iPod shuffles and just started documenting his interactions with seniors. Uh, and it is, I mean, it will make you cry tears of joy uh, to see these people who have not had a lucid moment in months or years or are non-communicative, uh, don't make eye contact and just are so isolated. And for them to have the deepest parts of their brain re-engaged and for them to recognize a family member and start talking again or singing along to a song, oh, it just, it's moving. So I, I definitely want to share with you so you can share with your listeners because it, it's a top, I'm shocked that I don't remember it. I'm just is it called senior moment. Alive Inside? Yes. <laughs> it helps them sitting in front of the computer, so I, yes, I quietly Googled. <laughs> yes. I have nothing to do with them except that I'm a huge fan, and 
I, yeah, I would recommend it to all of your listeners. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Uh, Jennifer, you have to go see it. I will definitely do that. They've got YouTube um, videos of it for people who aren't on Netflix. Yes. Tell me, you must have a connection to this disease somewhere. Yeah. So, uh, my background is a little silly and funny. Um, I have both a professional and personal connection to this community. I would say elders in general, but then specifically to dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, my grandmother had Alzheimer's and, um, I was very close to her. She just passed a few years ago. My mom was her primary caregiver. We moved her into our house and I saw this vibrant, beautiful, hilarious firecracker of a woman fade before my very eyes. And I have so much admiration and respect for the love that my mom showed her, our family as a whole, but the majority of the care fell on my mom's shoulders. And the what my mom did to keep her engaged and to make every moment count. And uh, it just it's been such an inspiration because I know so many family members are not, or so many people with dementia and Alzheimer's are not blessed with someone like my mom or your mom being blessed with you. Uh, cause it can be like a part-time job or even a full-time job. Uh, and so I've, wanted to be a part of improving outcomes or improving that quality of life as a whole. Um, so I have a lot of inspiration for that, a lot of personal experience. And then my professional background, believe it or not, I am classically trained as a dentist. Okay. Uh, some people find that to be super funny and random. Uh, but my, I practice with my dad, who's also a dentist, and he treats patients in nursing homes and assisted living facilities. And so I've been helping patients in nursing homes and building relationships with them and knowing that if I have to do a filling on Mr. Smith, he's going to do way better if I see him in the morning and we play music and we have jokes. And, uh, so I've built relationships with other people's family members and I just have a real passion for that, uh, that population. And the thing that I thought was so interesting was when I first started working in nursing homes as a dentist in traditional practice, no one really looks forward to seeing the dentist. Oftentimes people say like, no offense doc, but I really hate the dentist. But at nursing, (laughs) but at nursing homes, we would get until we kind of figured out what was going on, we would get a lot of emergency calls and we would show up to the home and say, Hey, Mr. Smith, what's going on? I heard you have a toothache. And in fact, there'd be nothing wrong with his teeth, but he was either lonely or, uh, just wanted attention and knew that if he said he got a toothache, that my dad or I were going to show up and talk to him and maybe play some music or, uh, show him some pictures of, my dog or I don't know. So it, it's small stuff that can make a big difference in their days, which can become very monotonous. And, um, so I, I have a lot of compassion for that. Uh, I, I, I wanted to connect with them and connect with more people than the ones that I can just see in my community. And our subscription boxes were kind of my first attempt to reach a broader audience and help more people than, um, than who I'm seeing as patients, as dental patients. That's so not, not a traditional route, but definitely <laughs> one that's been fueled with a lot of passion. Um, but yeah, I don't think you knew I was a dentist before we had this conversation. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and so do you remember what the inspiration for the boxes was? Uh, well, it, do you mean as far as the content or the box themselves? What, or? How, do you remember how the idea came to be? Or is it one of those oh, things that just yeah. smacked you oh, in the gotcha. head? <laughs> well, so uh, my mom and I had gone to a Tony Robbins event, which if you're not a fan of him, again, I do not work for this person, but I'm a raving fan. He's all about motivation, self-improvement, how to uh, find gratitude and help your community uh, and it's, it's a great group of people to be around. Uh, so we went to one of his events earlier this year and we were just jazzed and had so much energy. We're like, this is so awesome. But then 
then after we came back, I had gone to a nursing home two days later and I said, you know what the complete opposite of a Tony Robbins event is? It's a nursing home. These people are not, or a lot of these people are not connected with loved ones. They are, they don't have a purpose and that they're not going to work or they're not having responsibilities. They're not actively learning. Um, they're losing friends and family members as their peers are growing older and, and dying as well. And it's, it's a really hard environment to be in. And just because they're older and just because they're in that environment doesn't mean that it needs to be that way. Uh, and I'm speaking in global terms. So I know there's tons of people like yourself who actively, uh, make the environment much more positive. And so many of these homes do a wonderful job. The nurses are wonderful. The activities directors do a great, great job. Uh, but they just need more support. Like people are, there are more people that are getting older. More of those people are sicker. They take more responsibility, more time. And there's just, there's more that we could be doing as a whole. Uh, and so I said, you know, I wish that there was a way that I could help some support more of these people, just kind of deliver a box of inspiration to them every month and get them excited or just remember, Hey, you might be old or you might have a, a bum knee, but shoot, get out in the garden and plant some, plant some carrots or <laughs> go and talk to your neighbor and tell them your three favorite jokes or, uh, like write advice on your first job interview that you ever had. And if you don't have a grandkid to share that with, let us share it with someone who will appreciate it because we know you're really wise and, and we want to hear that. And so the box came up with the idea that none of the people, uh, that I know over 70 are on social media, so they can't engage and, and stay connected with the really great tools that you and I have. So it needed to be something that was in a medium that they understood and they valued. So handwritten letters, printed photos, uh, that's, that's where I knew I needed to start because that's what is so comfortable and familiar to them. That's really cool. I like how it's like you went from a very inspirational situation to the opposite and you wanted to be able to bring them a box of inspiration. I love that. That's just Thank really, you. really cool. So how do you, does the, when the family subscribes and you're including family photos, um, I'm a, portrait photographer by trade. So I don't think you knew that either. I might have told you. I love that. No, I did not. Um, All these side talents we have. Oh yes. And it's, it's crazy, (laughs) but do they just email them? They just upload them to you or how do you, how do you handle the photo park? Obviously that's my area of knowledge. So that makes me curious. Yes. So, uh, fortunately we are still at a size where, uh, we're managing each box individually. Uh, a lot of it or some of it's automated, but, uh, they have the choice or you have the choice whenever you subscribe to a box, you can send us 30 pictures up front. You can send us each uh, month, new pictures. We include up to five printed photos per box. Uh, if you want to, the box still has a ton of great stuff in there, even if you don't include photos every month or any month. Um, but they just email it to our team and our team prints it out. And that's the last thing we do. You have, if you subscribe today, you have until the last day of the month to send your photos in. So you don't even have to do it on the same day that you sign up and, uh, you get a reminder email before the end of the month saying, Hey, send new photos if you haven't already. And then cause we do bulk shipping at the beginning of each month. So we just print those out, put that at the top of the box and send them on their way. And it's actually been really fun because we had, which I love this. Uh, we had one grandson who, um, didn't have any photos he wanted to include, but he said that his grandmother was a huge Steelers fan 
and loved the football players. And um, he, he, I want to say she was also a big LeBron James fan, which I know he plays basketball, but we ended up just printing photos of football and basketball players. And we didn't tell him we were going to do that. He just included that in the survey online whenever um, he subscribed. And he said that his grandmother loved it. He laughed so hard that we personalized it to that extent, but it was something that was really special and unique to her. And, and we just had to include that. So, um, the, the cool thing, which is kind of going off from what you had said earlier, but we connected with the family members, uh, the people who actually end up purchasing the gifts for their elders via social media. Uh, and Instagram has been a great place to connect. Uh, and people seem to really resonate with our voice and our perspective in that being a caregiver or having someone who you love and admire grow older with or without cognitive decline, it's a mixture of having a huge compassionate heart and a lot of patience and a really great sense of humor. And, uh, so we appreciate that even though we're a young company and we're figuring it out as we go, the customers we've attracted, the elders that we're reaching out to, everyone just kind of gets it. They have that spirit of like, we're just trying to do good and make a difference. And that's been really inspiring for us because we have people like you who connect with us and gosh, I love what you're doing and I support you wholeheartedly. And, um, I, I appreciate that we share that same spirit. Uh, so I, I wanted to mention that cause I, I'm sure that's a lot of who your listeners are, are the family members who are experiencing that as well. And that, that compassion, patience, and the spice of a sense of humor is, is the biggest difference maker I've seen. Yeah. It's what I'm trying to do with the podcast is give predominantly people who are caring for loved ones at home People unlike me who aren't as blessed. My parents' house was paid is paid for. My mom has a decent amount of Social Security, and then my dad had investments, so that's what's fueling paying for her care community. And there's still a ton of work, even without... I mean, even though she's not here with me, I see her once a week. You know, I, I deal with her hair appointments, her dentist, her doctor. My sister works outside the home and has school-age kids, so it's much harder for her to have that kind of time. So I do that. But it's it gets to the point where it's like, okay, well, Christmas is coming. You know, mom doesn't recognize anything. You know, if she doesn't recognize it, she gets rid of it. I mean, I bought... My sister said she needed a pair of pants at Christmas, so I bought her some pants, and I think she's worn them once. The sweater and the shirts that I purchased with them because pants is not a cool gift even though she doesn't it doesn't <laughs> register um there, there was still tags on one shirt so I just brought it home I'm like I paid for it I might as well wear it right I mean, it's been what 10 months so it's it's nice to be able to connect people with solutions and that's kind of the point of the podcast I mean like if you're dealing with your loved ones at home and maybe you're still trying to work some or even still working full time, maybe from home, you know, you don't have time to think about a gift, but you don't right. want to just say, Oh, mom's not going to remember. It's, you know, like my mom doesn't have a clue what day it is, what season it is. You know, it, I don't, I don't have any idea how that must be like to basically just float through time with no memories and no, I figured when we moved her in to the community the hills were green and lush because we'd had a lot of rain. I'm in California, so that doesn't always happen. And right. it doesn't take very long. Even, you know, she moved in in the middle of March. So two months later, the hills are brown and, you know, it's starting to get hot and dry. I figured, you know, we had told her that she needed to be there while we fixed up the house. Okay. Well, that was half true. We needed to fix up the house so we could rent it out. And I thought, well, she's going to know that plenty of time has elapsed for taking care of the things that need to be taken care of. And she doesn't even remember her house now, which is a blessing because the first couple of months were very rough. So, you know, but you like, know, 
Go ahead. You brought up you brought up such an interesting thing that I think, um, at least from my experience, will be really valuable for your listeners to hear and know that they're not the only ones experiencing this. Uh, because in addition to being a dentist in the nursing home, I've also worked as a research uh, clinical researcher with this population. I I spent a lot of time with Parkinson's disease um, patients, but I also have done a lot with uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, just chronic neurological disease uh, and disorders. One thing that is universally, almost universally true that I found in the, I think I've done 300 interviews of patients or family members or hospital workers, physicians, is that uh, the psychology and the psychiatry around some of these life changes can be the biggest burden of all. And uh, that you have to think about, well, for example, mom has always been head of household, caretaker. She's really private with her own health care, doesn't let anyone go to the doctor's appointments with her. So we just don't poker pride until something happens. There's a slip and fall. There's, we notice more senior moments and we have to really, really, really push, uh, or that generation who's used to kind of white coat trust what the physician says the first time, not that they're not, not that physicians are not doing a great job, but physicians have more and more responsibility um, to do more in less time. And one thing that a lot of people don't know is that unless there is a very obvious reason or an, uh, an explicit request to have a full neuro workup or exam, it just doesn't happen because it doesn't get reimbursed by insurance during your annual exam. So so often these uh, chronic neuro issues will go undiagnosed, untreated, will get worse with time just because of a byproduct of the process, a byproduct of kind of the family dynamic. And so you creating this environment of people to share, hey, that's normal, or this is how I handled talking to dad for the first time about his senior moments, or this is how we talked about why she was going to a facility short term because we're remodeling or whatever the conversation is. I think there's going to be a lot of from your listeners to know that they're not alone. That's way more the norm than, um, any of these transitions happening seamlessly. Oh yeah. Mom just said, I feel that my brain isn't doing as great and it's time for me to move into an uh, assisted living facility. So I I really wanted to put a big spotlight on that because in your first podcast, you talked about your journey with your mom and the discovery and how it probably went a couple of years. Life just gets away from you, but you really have to be your own patient advocate or your parents' patient advocate to get the diagnosis, to get the treatment, and then having the generational shift in who's the decision maker or who's the front runner of decision-making is really challenging. Um, but ideally supporting each other and having more information out there available will make the caretaker role a lot less lonely. Uh, cause that's something I also hear a lot from caretakers is that it can just be really lonely. It's a thankless job. Uh, you do it because you love, you love them unconditionally, but it's a really hard job. Yeah. It's a really hard job. There's two gals that I've talked to. One is a realtor, moved her mom in with her, and there's just days when I swear I think she's just going to put that woman out on the corner because she's trying to support the two of them and and run her business and deal with her mom. And I know her mom's not super cooperative about things. And there's another gal that's having issues with her mom. Her mom's mind is definitely not right, but will not will not give on anything, will not go to the doctor, will not give her daughter access to the bank accounts even though she's not paying her bills properly. I mean it's just it's just awful. And a bunch of us pretty much gang not ganged up, that might be a little harsh of a term, but we we got all forceful and said, you're gonna have to take charge. Yes, it's your mom and you want to be respectful, but something bad could happen and you won't forgive yourself, 
you know, what happens if she doesn't pay the mortgage? If, if I don't know if her, she still has one, but you know, there's so many things I've got a neighbor whose father-in-law gave away $300,000. His wife passed away. That was the money they were going to use to travel the world. And I guess he figured, oh, I don't need it. And so he got rid of it. <laughs> he gave right. it to, to neighbors and charities and stuff. And you know, that's a lot of money, you know, 30,000 right. would be a lot of money. So it's, it's difficult to step into the role of being responsible for your parent, but you, you just have to. And then what I've learned over the last year is actually more like 18 months is to, um, don't invite them to our reality, especially people like my mom, whose memory is extremely poor. When we moved her into the community, the business manager said, don't invite your mom to our reality because I didn't know what to tell my mom. She doesn't seem to really remember that my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. And I know because my grandmother had Alzheimer's, she would sometimes, I think she had like a memory spark and she'd be like, She'd end up crying, and your father left me for another woman. And then my aunt, who took care of her, would say, oh, no, no, mommy died, which was actually worse. And then they'd have to go through all of that grieving process. And it's just, it's it's cruel, but it's until you have been given permission to essentially lie. And my support group calls it fiblets. I refer to it as not dragging them into our reality because they can't be in our reality. They just, their mind will not allow it. Mm-hmm. And until you've gotten that permission, it's, it's just a challenge. And I guess I've learned that in the past, that was the sort of standard of care was, no, no, you know, Mrs. Smith, today is Tuesday and this is what we do on Tuesday. You know, you just kept trying to drag them back into our our reality into our space and it just frustrated the care person and the person being cared for and now they realize that you cannot bring them into our reality and so it's just better to just kind of go with them where they're at like my mom never refers to my dad as my dad she always refers to him as you know her husband um, partly because she doesn't completely remember exactly who I am. She knows I'm important, but even though I call her mom, I don't think she remembers that I'm her daughter, which thankfully for me, that kind of happened a little over time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a dramatic, oh crap, mom just forgot me. So that was kind of, I mean, it's not fun, but it's at least it's, I got eased into it. <laughs> right. And you know, she'll say like, I try to take her out on, you know, little jaunts, little adventures, because especially with the care facility being under renovation, it's not exactly, you know, a calm and peaceful place to hang out in. And it's not calm and peaceful all the time anyway. So we go out and it gives her, it gives her a change of pace and something different to look at and to do. But between her room and the doorways, to the outside, she'll ask me three times, does my husband know where I'm going? And did you talk to my husband? And it's like, yes, mom, I told dad what we were doing. My dad's been gone for over 18 months. And she's right. only remembered that he's been gone twice. Once she remem- remembered in the car while I was driving, which not was kind of hazardous to our health. Right. That is, you know, you talking about fiblets and that being a fiblet and giving yourself permission and understanding, bringing them into our reality or not, and that internal debate. One thing that I found to be super helpful when I've uh, been connecting with families and even understanding um, the journey with my grandmother is if it's because we can't see the brain and we can't see how it's working or not working, that it's really hard for us to conceptualize. We, mom looks or grandma looks the exact same today as she did yesterday, but her brain has declined a bit and she's not thinking as well. So it's really hard for us to get that. So how I like to think about it as if, uh, think about it as a physical body part. So if someone had a severely broken leg and was in a cast from their toe to their hip, we wouldn't hand them a pile of bricks and say, Hey, go hike this up the top of the hill. That just wouldn't happen. And no one would think that that would happen. And so that helps me understand a brain that is 
in any state or any stage of dementia, Alzheimer's, any sort of cognitive decline is some kind of cast on the leg and there's been an injury or there it's just not as strong as it once was. So we can't put this pile of bricks truth on them and have them walk the same path that they once were when they were fully healthy, vibrant, and capable. And so from that, no one would have any issue giving someone with a broken leg their seat on the bus. They wouldn't have any issue saying, let me take your backpack or your purse or whatever, because we know that's the extra help and support that they need. And so in that way, that's how we can at least I have found it very easy to justify, I'm going to give them the brick that they can handle and the brick that they can hold. And I, I feel honored to have the privilege to help support them in that, in that role. It's not always easy to carry the extra bricks as we've discussed, but that really helps differentiate, uh, and by personifying it as that broken leg idea. Does that resonate with you at all? Have yeah, you ever thought no, of it in that way? That is actually a really good analogy because especially in the earlier to mid stages, you know, my mom, would have on, you know, fresh, clean outfits. They were always different every time I saw her. She was still washing and drying her hair in the style that she liked and putting on makeup. And as she progressed, you know, the, one of the things I started noticing was um, she would do her hair but not her makeup. And I thought that was kind of weird. But I'm like, well, you know, it's... I think with drying your hair, it's kind of more muscle memory and mm-hmm. makeup takes more thought processes and there's more steps. And I've learned that something that seems really simple isn't necessarily simple, like making a sandwich. You think, why can't they just make right. a sandwich? Until you realize, you know, how many steps are involved in making a, a nice sandwich for yourself. It's overwhelming. So, yeah, that's a really good analogy because it's really hard. Like I've noticed, and I don't know if it's just because my mom is getting older or the renovations and the dog going, and there's been some turnover of residents in the last four months. She seems to have slipped a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was interesting yesterday when I visited, she was talking about her grandparents, which she hasn't done with me ever. And I thought that was interesting. It wasn't, it wasn't a lot of memories. It was mostly... We were sitting outside having an iced tea, and she's commenting on how much the city has changed. Well, she didn't grow up in the city that she lives in now, but it's next door. And she was saying, well, when I moved here, blah, 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 she was kind of describing it. And she'd say, well, we moved here when my grandfather died, and my dad moved us here, and I was still a young kid. And I tried to ask her some questions like, oh, wasn't that on such and such street? Or wasn't that the house that was owned by the coffee company people? And I just got like blank stare back. So I was like, okay, well, you're the one bringing up the grandparents. I'm trying, (laughs) you know, and that's, um, that's kind of where the podcast started because people say, well, talk to them about the past and show them old family photos and, you know, and, and because the long-term memory lasts longer than the short-term memory. I'm like, well, she hasn't got any short-term memory. So I tried the long-term memory tricks and that was just super frustrating. And I thought, you know, her mom lived to be 91. Now she didn't start having cognitive issues until her mid seventies, which is where my mom is at now. So I have no idea. The neurologist, well, my sister and I are making sure that her money lasts for 20, you know, close to 20 years so that she gets to about 90, 91. Because obviously if her mom lived that long, that's obviously a smart plan. Good genes. I seriously Mm -hmm. don't want her living in my house when she's at the very end stages of Alzheimer's. And Mm -hmm. I kind of assumed based on her cognitive level that it wouldn't probably be more than 10 or so and the neurologist doesn't think it'll be more than five so it should be interesting to see which one of us is right (laughs) right because she's still very physically fine we've gone there's a regional park very close to where she's at and you know it's it's not flat but it's it's not a difficult little walk 
from the parking lot to a sand mine cave. And we've been up there several times because she loves to look at the trees and the sky. <laughs> and right. she's she's very fine walking. You know, she's not fast, but that's not a problem. So her physical self is pretty good, but her mind is anything but. Well, and that's where I think also the broken leg analogy or leg in a cast analogy can really help because it can be frustrating or it can be difficult to understand um, for other family members when they physically look the exact same and they physically can do all the things they did yesterday or last year, but mentally there's been such a shift in what they're capable of doing or what they're doing. Um, so I, it's, that also is something that I think I would hope your listeners really get. And I, I certainly have gotten from listening to you and just a lot of the people I connect with, uh, a lot of, at least what I've heard and what I've experienced is that we really get a much deeper understanding of grief. Uh, when people think of grief, they think of loss or death, or I think that's what a lot of people think, but in fact, we grieve loss of all sorts of things. So grieving the loss of my grandmother and what she once was, but she was still here. And that being a very challenging thing to understand, um, and grieving once she actually passed and preparing for it, but not wanting to grieve her before she was gone. It's really hard. And like grieving the fact of, well, shoot, I, I just want to be the daughter and I want my mom to take care of me or I just want to be the granddaughter and I want my grandma to talk to me like she used to and, and having to grieve that relationship and that those activities. There's just, there's a lot of change. Uh, there's a lot of loss and shift, uh, but there's a huge opportun- opportunity to learn and grow and have places of appreciation and gratitude that had I not been challenged with this personally or been around it professionally, I think my perspective on life would be really different. So it's, it's certainly a challenge, but it's, it's a positive challenge that, um, has made me a better version of myself. And I think the people I talk to say, shoot, I wouldn't wish this upon my worst enemy. It's not what I would choose for my mom and me, but my goodness, I'm grateful to be here for her. And it's made me grateful for the things that are really important, like the blue sky or the green grass that you talk about when you guys go walk on, uh, out in the park. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Our, our, one of my favorite little outings with her, her friend, who's also named Diane, which just, heh, that causes nothing but confusion for my poor mom. <laughs> said, oh, can I come too? And it was like, oh, dear God. <laughs> you know? But yeah. her friend is more conversational, so it's actually easier to have the two of them together because my mom doesn't really initiate conversation and unless it's the typical... She, she always asks me, well, what have you been up to today? Every two minutes. And... Yesterday, I finally, out of exasperation, I just, I told her, my husband is running for city council, so I talked about that, and I talked about our federal government in general, and just kind of, in a not heavy way, just kind of unleashed a little bit of how I was feeling about what's going on in our country, because she won't remember, so, you know, I can, I can tell her, right. you know. I, I love that approach. Yeah, That's it's like. Fun. It's like a little capsule of time and energy that you can. Uh, that's great. Yeah, it's just, you know, and and sh- I think she enjoyed listening. I'm not sure she understood probably most of what I was talking about because I know when I had her at the neurologist, he asked her who the president was, and I thought, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> and she had no idea, which was probably a blessing. But, you know, the only question she got right when he asked her all the standard questions was her name. Everything else was, I don't know. But we went to our local city park, and there's a splash zone for the kids. And we went in July before school started, and it was hotter than Hades. And the kids were just having a great time, little tiny ones still in diapers and probably kids in middle school. And her and her friend, who are both moms and grandmothers, I mean, they sat there for so long, and I'm like, ladies, it's like 103 degrees, you know? <laughs> Are you going to want to go back soon? 
because I'm melting here. I mean, we were sitting in the shade. We'd had lunch. It was really nice. It was relaxing. I could watch them. It was relaxing for me, and the visits aren't always so relaxing. But it was interesting because at one point, we'd probably been there an hour and a half. My mom looks around and says, I don't think I know where my room is. And I was like, well, that's okay. I know where it's at. You know, remember we came to the park to watch the kids and I'll take you back. Don't worry about it. And that, that kept her from getting, you know, nervous and upset. And her friend likes to take naps in the afternoon. And obviously the nap clock hit and they were all of a sudden, boom, they're both ready to go. I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) Now that it's 105, I'm ready to go too. (laughs) But they love to watch the kids it's just a challenge now because I usually show up about 2 o'clock and the kids are all still in school. And it's still beautiful right now. The days are nice. The mornings and the evenings are cool. So it's getting a little bit more challenged to take her places. I think we'll go back to the regional park next week before it's cold and yucky and we don't want to go up there. But it's it's been a blessing to take her out and just just kind of be with her in nature is relaxing and you know the sunlight and the air and the change of pace is good for everybody i i couldn't agree more and that's as uh not that i'm trying to self-promote but that's absolutely the spirit of what we try to uh, if you haven't seen our box or if you go to our website or our social media our box has a big sunshine on it and that's what we intend to try to do every month is just introduce a ray of sunshine uh, whether it's something that the person enjoys individually or a family member or someone who works at their in their community can open with them and enjoy uh, to just focus on things that are fun and um, silly or interesting or something they haven't thought about or something they could share with, uh, a neighbor or, um, it, it, yeah, I, I think those small type activities you're talking about how much they love watching the children. I, I love that. And I'm glad you emphasize that because I think it's so true. And there, I mean, there's, it's not even my opinion. There's been a ton of research on the multi-generational cross-generational benefit of having kids be around elders, even, uh, with dementia and Alzheimer's in that they have this kind of childlike, no barrier on what they say, a little bit of curiosity. And, uh, it, it can be really cool to watch them engage. Yeah, there's a um, a school, a, it's a private school, very small, that has a preschool attached to it, and they also this year started doing the adult day programs, the social program, and they bring that. the preschoolers over for half hour, 45 minutes in the morning, and then the school-age kids come in the afternoon for about the same amount of time. Some of the seniors who are need more socialization than care whose memories are not so bad sometimes can help with schoolwork and when I talked to the director of this school about this program everything that kept going through my head was oh my gosh this is like it takes a village because the children benefit the seniors benefit but it was what surprised me and it probably shouldn't have is how much the parents the sandwich generation was benefiting from the kids and the seniors benefiting. I was like, oh, I so I had uh, checked into a local day social program for my mom years ago and my dad just refused, which I never understood because it would have given him a break. And I'm so sorry that they didn't do that because I think I think my mom would have loved it. That that one, as far as I know, did not incorporate children. And I help, I'm trying to help promote the one that's local here because I think it's just so fantastic. And it's, you know, like you said, there's so much research on how much the two generations benefit, but I don't, I don't think they emphasize how much the middle one benefits as well. That was, that no, that's was such a good point. You're definitely right. Yeah. It, it really is a, it takes a village, the whole community benefits. There's a major ripple effect on it, um, for sure. Well, I could see the your boxes too helping. You know, it's my mom's friends would take her to their um, women's so uh, service meetings, 
And, you know, I know visits were tough, but they, they did their best. And I think these would also help with people visiting because it's kind of a little bit of a conversation starter other than, so what have you been up to? <laughs> so what right. have you been up to? <laughs> well, because we typically have an activity in there or something to talk about. And one thing that, and, and it explains it in the box, but one thing that we also include, or we always make a note, if there's something in the box, because there's about six to nine items per box. Uh, if there's something in here that you don't like, or you already have one of, or whatever, see this as an opportunity to pay it forward and surprise someone else and make their day. So as you know, uh, well, just as people get older, they're less mobile, they're not going to stores or, um, buying gifts. They have this opportunity to then make someone else's day. And we thought that that was really cool. Yeah, no, that makes really good sense. I love that idea. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been fun, but definitely a conversation starter. I mean, going back to the guy where we printed uh, the the pictures of the football players and the basketball players, he loved that. So that was uh, we're going to try to do that more often and say if you don't have a picture of your family that you'd like to include, what's their favorite activity or favorite person or celebrity that we could print a photo and include it in the box. It's just something fun to to make them smile and laugh. Well, I have a listener that I met before. Well, she's a listener now. I met her a year ago through my husband and I are Rotarians and they have what's called the international travel and hosting fellowship. And she contacted us because we're literally a mile up the hill from an assisted living memory care community where her father is at. And she was looking for a place to stay while she visited him for the weekend. And I said, well, if you don't mind what was the kid's bedroom that's basically a bed and a lamp, you know, you can stay here. And she's been here twice. She's coming back next month. And I said, well, hey, now we actually have a bona fide guest room. But I'm going to introduce your boxes to her because I can see this being really helpful to family that's not local. Like, I'm 15 minutes from my mom, and like I said, I just know from dealing with her, she would have no clue what to do with the stuff in the box, which makes me sad right. because it would it would be so nice to be able to, you know, utilize this service with her. But I think for somebody who's, um, you know, I've got a, another Rotarian friend who's in Florida right now visiting her mom, and it's something, you know, they can get the box, and then you can FaceTime and talk about, you know, you said the little activities or the conversation starters that are in there. I think... I think that would really be helpful for long distance family and for grandkids. For sure. So we've we've actually found that that's been a lot of who has uh, liked what we're doing is if there are multiple adult children or parent level, um, the grandparents or the elders are closer to just one of those kids, and the other kids are want to help, want to support, but they're limited to just when they're visiting. And then I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I would sign up to, I'd write a letter to my mom every month, or I'd send her flowers, or I'd send my dad a tie or something like that. But it just, it gets hard with time. And so they really liked that the box is something that they knew that they wanted to do something special. They didn't have to think about it. And it was perfectly geared towards exactly what they we're looking to do. Um, and so they loved that. Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. So I'm definitely going to definitely let these two people know outside the podcast, because I think they'll be super thrilled. Can you tell us your website? Because I don't think I actually found your actual site when I was looking. So we are seniordelight.com. You can find us on Instagram at seniordelightbox.com. Uh, that's how a lot of people find us. Uh, so yeah, you can uh, just find us right there at seniordelight.com. Awesome. So I think I found other like places, other subscription sites. I don't know how I missed that one. It's probably just me. Yes. So do you we, have and I can I can send you the info so you can include it um, as well whenever whenever we have this posted. So if anyone's listening that wants to go and check it out, they can. And Definitely. I would also say we're we're young. I personally touch every single box that we send out. Uh, so 
I'm actively looking for feedback. If there are things that we could do better, or if you would want to see something different, my mission is to make an impact and improve the outcomes and the quality of life of, uh, of these elders. And so I'm not going to stop just because someone doesn't like a particular something. So I'm open to it. As we said, it takes a village. So please feel free. Email me. You can email me personally at Beth at senior delight.com. Uh, this is what I do on the weekends. This is what I think about at night. I, I really want to make a difference here. So if you share my same passion, if, if you connect with me on social media and see that, you know, we really are of the same tribe, reach out to me, share your ideas and, and let's, uh, let's make a difference. I really appreciate it. Well, I think people need to have the, um, box opening videos that are popular with other products and then they can send those to you or post them on their social network and share them with you because I think that would be really cool. Cool. That's so, great feedback. Yeah, we've actually had a couple of people indicate that they wanted to do that, but I uh, I wasn't sure about volunteering their elderly grandmother or grandfather to do that, but that's I, I couldn't agree with you more. Definitely helps them understand better the impact of, of what it is that we're sending. Definitely. So do you have any last bits of advice before we sign off? You know, I would just say, Jennifer, what you're doing is beautiful and wonderful. And for all of your listeners that are listening, uh, you're not alone. You are amongst a community of a lot of people who are experiencing this right now or who have experienced in the past. And there are going to be a lot more people who come after you. And so know that even though it's thankless, even though it's difficult, I mean, you are amongst the most compassionate kindest, most patient, awesome people on the planet, your superheroes and your guardian angels wrapped up in one. And, um, I, I commend you the fact that you're seeking out a podcast to learn more and make this transition better and easier for you and your family is extraordinary. And I, I applaud that. And I think it's awesome and leaning on each other, uh, talking about it, talking about the struggles, is hugely important for everyone to learn from each other. And so, yeah, I'm very, very grateful to be able to connect with all of you and with you, Jennifer, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I, um, yeah, I look forward to continuing to make a big difference in this space. Well, I'm so glad that I reached out because your passion is so obvious. It's, oh, thank it, you. you know, and, and what you've said about being care, you know, angels and superhero all wrapped up in one. I know so many people need to hear that. And sometimes I need to hear that as well because it is difficult. And I kind of right now, after talking to you this afternoon, I kind of see us as like somewhat of trailblazers because, you know, the population is aging and hopefully hopefully they won't get to the really ugly number of people with Alzheimer's by 2050, which I think they're expecting it to be 15 million by 2050. Mm-hmm. I should remember this. I just gave a talk. Regardless of the number... I, I, I can see how people like you and I are paving the way for making people like my mom and your grandmother their end years better by mm-hmm. understanding their needs and, and coming up with new solutions. Like, I just think your boxes are cool. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, well, awesome. Well, I'm um, so excited. I very much appreciate your time. Okie dokie. And like I said, once I... I think I know how, I think I know where I'm going to find the information for doing the giveaway. Um, okay. It's, it's, they, you guys, do you guys have a Facebook page? I've talked to so we many do. people. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. I, um, there's like an art giveaway contest. Um, it's actually another podcast to listen to on how to run that contest. And so once I do okay. that, I'll reach back out to you and we can, yeah, just you know. let me know. I'm totally open. So, um, and I'm more than willing to give away as many as you think is fruitful and for sure. So just let me know. Okay. Okay. And yeah, and I said like the, the week of the birthdays in my household, I think is a good time. So that's, yeah, like, I like that idea. That yeah. would be really great. Um, we used to have four birthdays that week, but we lost <laughs> last year was rough. 
my dad ended up in the hospital for a month and then home on hospice and then my oldest dog died and then my daughter who will be 27 next month moved out which was good but you know like I needed one more major life change right my dad died then we put my mom in the community it was like you know by the end of March I was just like ready to like leave leave the country and not come back yeah, just run away. Yeah, well, <laughs> we had gone to Jamaica for my 50th birthday, and we came home, and it was obvious that something was going on, and then we went and saw my parents, and it was my dad's memory went from 2018 or 2016 to 1998 overnight. It was like, yikes, and wow. that's when all that nightmare started. So, you know, it's been it's been an interesting couple of years, but I, I had told... Um, a lot of people, because my husband ran for city council then also, and I said, well, if he loses and the uh, person I didn't want in the White House wins, I'm not coming home from Jamaica. There are many days I'm very sorry that I came home from Jamaica. <laughs> and there are days he and I say, if you don't win for city council this time, because the it's just ridiculous how even small, we're, I mean, yeah, we're a small city, like 60,000 people. It's like, our politics are ugly, too. And it's like, for real? Come on, people. He's got yeah. the most experience, even over and above the incumbent. So, like, this should be a no-brainer. But unfortunately, it's, that's not how it works. And I'm like, you know, maybe if you you don't win, we should just, like, leave and go to Jamaica. <laughs> I mean, I hear you. I hear you. That's not too bad of an idea, for sure. Well, he's a realtor and does property management, so... He could do the property management somewhat. We'd have to come back and forth, but that's not too big a deal. But he's already talked to the people we know in Jamaica about becoming a realtor there. So it's oh, cool. not a, it's not just something it's we talk a about. It's scheme. Oh, I like it. Well, you'll have to keep me posted on that for sure. Yeah, well, I'm like blonde and pale. And, you know, I, I first <laughs> off would stand out in Jamaica like a sore yeah. thumb. But I also sunburn like crazy. So I'm like... You know, I don't know. And I grew up, I'm like the fourth generation Californian. I don't know about leaving, okay. but I don't know. Maybe he'll win. We'll just keep talking about leaving and then he'll win. So that, there right, you go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much tonight or for tonight, Jennifer. I really enjoyed connecting with you and um, I look forward to continuing to connect and support each other. I promise I'm working on making these episodes a little shorter. There's just so much information I find to share with you. It's tough. Now, to enter the giveaway for one of the Senior Delight boxes, you have two choices. First, go to my Instagram page. You'll find it under Alzheimer's Podcast. Starting today, there is a photo of a very happy granny with one of the boxes. Comment on the photo and share with friends. You can also follow the link in my bio to a page to enter. Or you can go to my website at fadingmemoriespodcast.com and sign up for the newsletter. Everyone that signs up during the giveaway period will automatically be entered. The giveaway ends on December 20th in time for them to ship your box by January. The Instagram and website are linked in the show notes, so make sure you take a look at those, and I will talk to you again next week. Every week, my guests bring so much useful information and insight, but make sure you check out my website, fadingmemoriespodcast.com, linked in the show notes. Make sure you look at the resources page and the my favorite things page there's lots of information and useful books and gifts handpicked by myself and my guests i know your time is valuable and i wanted to put all of this great information in one place for you to get to easily hey listeners can you do me a big favor can you click on the five star button right there on your phone or head over to Apple iTunes and leave a rating or review. This is how new people find my podcast, and I can't be a supportive podcast if people don't know I exist. Thanks so much.